Hey everyone and welcome to Already Cancelled, I'm Peter, that is Connor, and we are going to talk about Twin Peaks Season 1, Episode 5, it's called The One-Armed Man, which, I'm going to lie, when I saw the episode title before I watched it, I went, oh, <laughs> this should be good, <laughs> One-Armed Man. Uh, uh, where do we begin? I, I, I don't know. It's... I mean, we could just begin with The One-Armed Man. Let's begin with The One-Armed Man, so, uh, Hawk finds The One-Armed Man that he spotted, Mm. And we we find that he's staring at a Mattel, and they they go in and question him with their guns out. I don't. This was the one thing that was kind of like making me sort of scratch my head a little bit throughout the episode. Is there's a couple of scenes where they they go to greet someone, and the second one's a bit more explained because they maybe think he's dodgy. But all all they know about this guy is he's got one arm, and that he was in a dream. Yeah, he was at the hospital, and he was running away. I don't know if I'd call it running away. I, did Hawk actually like, say halt? I mean, I don't recall, but he did say that he chased after him and then he disappeared. So, I don't know. If the person you're chasing after is unaware of you chasing after them, are they running? I don't know. Does a tree make a noise when it falls if no one's around? It's not the same thing. There's an answer to this one. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> There's an answer to this one. Uh, so they question him. They question him about, uh, like, Cooper asks, oh, did you have a tattoo? What did it say? This is actually how the scene ends, and he just starts crying and says it said mum. Because yeah. we, we were, of course, expecting fire walk with me, because that's what it said in the in the dream, and we were like, oh, yeah. come on. Uh, but that's not what it said. And they, they bring up Bob. Bobby. Yeah. Bob. The, the Bob to his mic. And he... He's like, oh yeah, Michael's my middle name, and he mentions, and when they go and check out, they find out he's a vet, and he's like, yeah, he's, he's like one of the vets in the the area, and they go and check out the, the veterinary, there's a, like an apartment above a convenience store, which, according to the dream, is where this pair lived. Yeah. But that's kind of, well, I don't know if it does, it, does it or doesn't it throw against all of our weird future alternate reality th- theories I'm, that we have I'm in episode 3? I'm not sure it necessarily does. Could they be here from another place? I don't know. Yeah. I just don't know anymore. Or are they legitimately a different making Bob? But they're not making Bobby. That's the thing. It could be. It could and be a completely different. But these don't seem to fit the bill of the dream ones either. Well, that's what I'm, th- I'm thinking. That's, that's what I'm getting to, though. Is yeah. that these, these aren't making Bobby, these are different characters, but what we've seen in the dream was the alternate versions of them from another place. Could well be. Uh, hence the similarities, yet the differences. And yeah. they, they, don't, they don't find Bob, the vet. The vet. <laughs> no, this is obviously, they have the drawing now that they got from... Well, that's, that's how the episode starts. It starts there with uh, Mrs. Palmer, and she's telling them about the, the long-haired man that we've we seen, of course. And she's telling him that, but she's also telling him the dreams of the necklace, which is when uh, Donna gets all weirded out because she's like, oh, I saw a glove and a, uh, a flashlight uh, taking the necklace out of the, the ground in the woods. I do like that, that she does describe it exactly how it happens, though. Yeah, I mean, obviously Donna knows that's where they buried it, but for us as the audience, that's exactly what we saw. Yeah. That's exactly how the first episode ended. So for us, we know that she's on to something. She's not just... It's not just nonsense that she's coming out with. Even though it seems like it should be nonsense, it's mm. accurate nonsense. Yeah. So back back to the, the vet. So they don't know where he is, but they, they've learned from the autopsy from uh, Albert from afar, uh, back at headquarters, that 
the there's bite marks on Laura's shoulder from a bird. Yes. So they're wanting all the bird records. So they confiscate all the all the records and they make Lucy uh, look through them. Although she's really disturbed to find out that uh, they are not listed in groupings of animal. They are listed alphabetically as per the, the pet's name. <laughs> it is a strange filing system, that. Hey, it's, a, it's the way Twin Peaks rolls, I think. It is. The it way is. I'd put it. Lucy was cracking me up this episode, though. Oh, she was funny, yeah, because even they come in at the start and the sheriff's like, oh, what's happening, Lucy? And she starts talking about the, the soap TV opera show, that yeah. she's been watching. Which, by the way, it's not the first time I've seen that. They're not. Uh, what was it? Love... Oh, I forget the name of it now, but uh, it was in like, episode one or two as well. Like, right. It's, it's, it's a reoccurring thing that the characters are watching. Effort. They went to effort for this show. I think there's hidden messages. I think if you pay attention to the plot of the TV mm, show, there's I bet there is. There's things to read into. I bet if we go back and listen to to what Lucy was saying about what was going on, it so would it would really mirror thematically some stuff that we we there's yet to come. I already think it does. Yeah. Well, yeah. I don't remember what she said word for word because she said it. She spoke really quickly. Yeah, right? and there was like twelve things in like thirty seconds. But it sounded like someone was pretending to be in love with someone to trick them so that they get their their either their will or their the will, yeah, or something like that. It, but it, it all it was making me think of all the the mill stuff. Oh yeah, you're right. Uh, not not directly, but it's it linked up. There was like a lot of thematic links going on. Yeah, all these hidden relationships and yeah, yeah, whatnot. you're right. Uh, hidden relationships kind of sums up this show as well at this point. I know, but we got more. We had at least two new connections in the background this episode that we didn't yeah. know about, uh, which which we'll get to. Where was that? I was talking about birds. And, yeah. <laughs> You're talking about birds, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you got Cooper, you got Andy. Andy was also cracking me up. This Andy, we oh. find out him and Lucy have got a thing because he's upset that she's not talking to him. Yeah. And Cooper, of course, figures it out. And Andy's he's distracted. He drops his gun and fires, <laughs> fires as it hits the ground. Like the right doofus that he is. So Cooper's trying to give him shooting lessons. And they... Do you know what I really liked about that, though? Is they go down to the, the shooting range under the, the station. I liked that it was kind of a, a stingy, kind of like half-put-together place. It wasn't like... You know, in a lot of movies, they go to the shooting range and it's like, you know, very clean-cut. It's a proper place. You could tell this is a small town that has no budget. They've just kind of built this with wood. Yeah, and it feels really unused as well. Yeah, because it, it feels like they're down in the basement, you know, the, the walls behind them, they've got exposed, like, panelling and yeah. pipes and all the rest of it. They're, they're, you know, it's just, they've made what do with what they have, and that's all they've got, and that's fine. Yeah. But I like that, it was a nice small town detail, it wasn't just... No, I agree. Yeah, we have a, a proper, you know, by-the-book shooting range, you know, downstairs mm. kind of thing. That's good. My cat's really giving me... Go down. Right. Uh, so, yeah, so... The, but my, 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 what I was getting to with Andy's, my favourite Andy moment in this episode, though, is they find out from uh, Cooper Superior, who is voiced by David Lynch, I just discovered, uh, when I got the, the cast list up, uh, they find out the, the bird marks were specifically a parrot or a... A, a minor. Mine, minor bird? Mine bird, I think it was. Mine? Something like that, yeah. yeah. But uh, he, he opens a file... Because they're all, because basically they've all decided to go help Lucy. Because it's, it, it turned out, oh, this is going to be a much harder job because we have to look through everything to find everything. Yeah. And uh, he just opens the file and goes, Waldo, <laughs> and stands up, which is such a good joke in and of itself. But it's a bird named Waldo. Yeah. And it belongs to uh, 
Jaco or Jacques, 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 Jacques Renault. Jacques Renault, yeah. I was just I was questioning my pronunciation of the uh, the French name. Uh, who's the Canadian who's been helping smuggle drugs? Works at the uh, the, the the Baker Bar. And working with Leo, all that, all that nonsense. Who we had mentioned a lot in this episode. We never seen him in this episode, but there was a lot of. He was very him. important to the episode. Still, yeah, we've still been thrown all around a lot. Mm. Uh, we'll get to more of his other mentions in a bit, but they they find out he owned a bird that could match the description. Yeah. Of the thing. Oh, but just one uh, minor, minor detail I want to point out when they went to the vets. Uh, Cooper made Andy buy some twine because they couldn't uh, get a match for the twine that was tied around their, their wrists. Mm. So uh, on a long shot that it was bought here where this vet is, he's like, go and buy some twine. Why not? Yeah, we can test it. But yeah, so they go out, they go out to the his house and they find the bloody shirt that we, we have literally just seen Bobby plant because Bobby got this from Shelley. Shelley had yep. this bloody shirt from uh, Leo. And he's setting him up. Obviously, he's hoping that this will get Leo and and the ship for the murder. He'll go away to prison, and him and Shelley can live happily ever. Yeah, he's, he's just waiting to swoop in. Yeah, uh, they they actually their scene I, I thought was a uh, pretty entertaining uh, because uh, and I mean the scene earlier on when it yes. starts out with them making out, and then she brings all this stuff up, it just shows him everything yeah. uh, the shirt the gun uh, it's at the end of the scene where he, he's kind of distracted because all this stuff's going on and she's trying to just get sex basically Yeah. and at the end of the scene when she starts like playing with the gun and she's sort of exposing her bra a little bit it's like maybe you could teach me how to use this Bobby what I love Bobby's face as he slowly walks past the camera towards her cracked me up mm. because it wasn't like it wasn't like a horny face it was it was just like I need to do this right now <laughs> <laughs> like it was yeah. so, it was so unsexual but at the same time very determined that it just it, it really cracked me up it's a good way of describing it um, but yeah so they find the shirt so that's that's those pieces are in and place and then they get the initials in it and piece it together yeah so they've got a connection between these two people now which they didn't have before yeah. so that's that's a pretty big deal right so much was going on in this episode and uh, he did run away And he, yeah he ran away out the back of the window uh, yeah during this he definitely scene. ran no question about that one yeah, he, he ran. But of course he ran. He doesn't want arrested. Why, why would he be there? He's going to get asked all sorts of strange questions. Aye, he ran for a good reason. <laughs> not that we necessarily think Bobby's innocent of everything, because he, he may not be. He's definitely not the the nicest boy in Twin Peaks. No, certainly not. I'm sure he doesn't want to be questioned. Jumping over to something completely different, let's talk about Hank. Okay. Who is Hank? This, this is this is a good question. Uh, Hank is Norma's husband that's in prison. We've heard about him. I didn't remember his name before because he was just mentioned sort of as the yeah, offhandedly as yeah. just he's in prison. Yeah, the husband that's in prison. Obviously, she's she's with Big Ed. She wants to be with him, but he's Hank's up for parole, and we finally meet him in this episode. We meet him at his parole hearing, and he kind of asks, and kind of like it, he's try, It's like he's presenting it as a genuine like I have changed. I want to be different for you. But you kind of, there's like a, a subtext to everything he's saying where you're like, nah, you're kind of threatening her here. It feels like a threat. It does feel like a threat. And so they go, they go through the the procedure, the, the parole hearing, and she has to sort of speak up for him. And she does it in a very kind of, not enthusiastic, I would say. More obligatory. She, yeah, she says the right things, but it's not, you can tell her heart's not in it. Yeah, it's like, she says what she's supposed to say, but that's it. Yeah. Uh, 
And Hank has mentioned that another scene. We'll get to that in a minute. But I want to talk about the the ending, mm. which came basically completely out of nowhere. Yeah. I like that I'll leave a pause for you and you, 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 you wait three I'm just, seconds. I'm just like, yeah, it was really out of nowhere. Just, but, I was just really contemplating, like, was there any setup for this? Just, you know, rack my mind. Nah, I was just like, no, no, there wasn't. Was nah, out of nowhere. Because nah, earlier on in the episode when he's at his parole here and we see him playing with a domino. Yes. He's playing with a domino that's uh, uh, two threes is the domino in question. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if that's the correct term for the domino. Like, I don't know if there's a name for I wouldn't have thought so. I mean, yeah. it's just a domino with two threes on, isn't it? Yeah, I know. I feel like a gambler might have lots of nicknames for all the pieces. Well, screw them. The doubles especially. I feel like the doubles probably have... So it's a threer, isn't it? <laughs> it's a threer. I don't know. I'm making it up as I go here. But anyway, at the end, uh, Jocelyn, uh, she, she makes Peter sandwich. They bond a little bit. They seem to get on quite well. Uh, he invites her to a, a, a he's a partner a mixed for a mixed fishing tournament that he likes to, he wants to, to partake in. Uh-huh. Uh, Pete must must be the most innocent man, innocent person in the entire show. He's just he's there for his fish, and he, he's, he's definitely the killer. <laughs> Possibly, <laughs> but she gets a phone call. Oh, sorry, sorry, she gets a note first. She gets a, a note, and she yeah. pulls she pulls out. She opens the note. Opens the letters under the mail. And it's a drawing of a domino with two threes on it. Mm. So right away I'm like, oh crap, that's, that's what Hank was playing with earlier. Is, is there a connection? And then the phone rings. And yeah. it's Hank. And I really want like, you to know this connection's there, doesn't it? Just in case you missed it. Just, yeah, just in case you missed who had that earlier on. And he's, oh, did you get my message? And he's like, oh yeah, I'll be seeing you real soon. And it's very ambiguous at this point as to what the nature of this relationship is. Yes. Because, again, it felt kind of threatening. Yep. But at the but same time... it could time, also be kind of sexual. It could be sexual. You could argue it's in cahoots. Um, but also, I mean, as soon as, as soon as she opened it, I was like, wait a minute. They mentioned in the parole hearing that he's in prison because he ran someone over. Mm. And they said it was a homeless person, I think, in the scene, but my mind was still going, well, what? I mean, no, her husband died. But I don't think we've heard how he died. I don't think we have. You know, could, could it have been? And you know what? Mm. That would tie in real nicely with that Will stuff that Lucy was on about. Uh, <laughs> Lucy is the key to all of this. Yeah, she's on the ball here. Yeah, Lucy knows exactly what's going on. She just doesn't have any idea that she knows. Yeah, of, of course not. But no, that, this was uh, this was like a big thing out of nowhere at the end. I'm like, huh. Because that's what we need. We need another connection between two characters that had no connection before. In secret, that no one else knows about. Yep. Just literally everything in this show is just secrets and relationships. You sound like you're it's complaining. Real. I'm not. I'm just saying that's just... I don't think that's what I expected originally going into the show. I didn't expect to be so... So poppery, actually. Which... Obviously, it makes sense because that's what Lucy's watching. That's where the, the link comes from there. But mm. in terms of the relationships and that sort of thing, it is very soap opera. Yeah. Uh, so we we have this connection now. And the other time Hank's mentioned is in the scene where Leo meets with Benjamin. Benjamin Leo. I don't think we had a connection between them before. I don't recall. I don't believe so. But they they are in cahoots. Uh, Benjamin is going to, is paying Leo off to burn down the mill and make it look like arson. 
and they're going yeah. to try and blame Jocelyn. That was set up in the earlier scene with him and uh, Catherine. So we see that, but we also see that Leo's quite happily killing people because he's, he's killed uh, uh, Jack's brother. Yeah. Who's lying there wrapped up at the side. So we know he's perfectly willing to kill people, uh, which probably explains the bloody shirt, but I don't necessarily yeah. think it's going to be Laura's blood. Yeah, that would be too obvious, wouldn't it? I mean, yeah. we, we've said it the whole time. It's too obvious yeah. for it to be him because he is the obvious dick that's yeah. the suspect. It's too obvious for it to be him. I will, but no, this, this was all this was all good stuff, dark and brooding and all the rest of it. But the most interesting part of the episode for me is the fact that when after Donna hears what she hears from Mrs. Palmer, and she tells James, and they go out towards the end of the episode, and they go to where the necklace was to see if it's still there. And it's it's not, of course. And yeah. Donnie explains to James that, well, our, our mother's kind of cookie, and she, she, she's always claimed to see things. Mm. And uh, Laura could do the same. Yeah. And all I, all I could think was, okay, first of all, if, if this is actually a thing that she can do, she can see things. And if we're accepting that Cooper, in a way, can also see things in his dreams, that explains why they're both seeing these elements. Yeah, and it's not even something that we're disregarding as, oh, they're just being crazy, because we know she's accurate. Yeah, we know she's looks accurate about that. And we at least know the long-haired man who is Bob. Uh, both Cooper and her have seen him, so there's, there's corroboration yeah. there. And like yeah. he says, he didn't go intentionally because he didn't want to push that image into her. Yeah. Uh, and he sees the drawing. He's like, oh, that's him. Uh, but the other part of that that really interests me is that Laura could also see stuff. Yeah. And that makes me really curious because it makes me wonder, well, she was so messed up. She was Uncle Kay and she had multiple boyfriends. She might have been working at One Eye Jacks, that kind of stuff. She was into a lot of, a lot of shady stuff. And mm. I'm wondering if... Like, was she kind of like, was this all a coping mechanism because she was seeing too much? Was, was she mm. connecting to her counterpart in the other place? Yeah, perhaps. And was the uh-huh. cocaine and all that a way to try and dull it? it. Yeah, yeah. Numb it and try and get rid of it. Yeah, very interesting. I hadn't thought of that. I don't know. Was, was just, as soon as she said that Laura, I was like, oh, is that why she was doing all this? And I just, my mind started going mm. completely. Uh, but it's interesting. Or does it even just more of a simple thing? Is she now in this other place and it's, she is actually contacting Cooper? Is, is that maybe the way we're going with it? Well, as in, like, when she died, she crossed over into that other place? Yeah. But, of course, we we haven't talked about Laura's cousin yet. We haven't, no. Uh, played by the same actress, looks identical to Laura, and James, of course, gives us the, the reaction we all want yeah, where he just, sees just her. Some, just some different hair and some glasses. Yeah, at the diner. Uh, and Which is interesting, because it wasn't in the dream uh, from Cooper in episode 3, wasn't wasn't the, the, the woman he saw, that little Laura, didn't she say it was her cousin? Her cousin, yeah. Yeah. So that's interesting. So is that the cousin from another place? Is, is it interesting, though, that we have... We've not seen... Bob, but we've seen Mike, the one-armed man. Yeah. And we've now seen what our version of the cousin would be, uh, Madeline. Yes. So two of the three people that from this other place that we've seen versions of, we've now seen our realities versions of, assuming we're going with different realities here. Yeah. I'm wondering if it's not realities. I don't know. What if it's more metaphorical extensions of these people because obviously this cousin 
looks very different. Whereas the cousin in the other place was identical to Laura. Yeah. Whereas here, she's got different hair. She's got the glasses. I mean, obviously it's the same actress, but they've made an effort to make her look like a, a different person still. Hmm. Just with a family resemblance. So I'm wondering if it's a little bit different where it's not that they're meant to be the same person. Because obviously with a with the one-armed man, it's, it's very similar, right? Like that, that's the whole idea. Mm-hmm. Whereas she's kind of different, so I'm not entirely sure. It can't be a coincidence, though, that that was... That it can't she, be a coincidence, That no. she said cousin in a dream, and now we have a cousin that looks like her. No, it can't be a coincidence. Nothing's a coincidence in this show. No, it's I don't believe connected. anything is. It is. <laughs> Everything's connected. Oh, man. I hate this show. It makes me think. <laughs> I have to we, use my brain. Yeah, we, we think, but we don't feel like we get anywhere. We, 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 we get so far, and then it's just like... And, and then as soon as it gets to the next episode, it just flips everything. Yeah. Um, but I, I enjoyed that. Do you know what I noticed as well? Because they've, they've been reusing the, the same music a lot. I noticed in this episode they'd had like new versions of a couple of things. I thought it was very interesting for the cousin actually because obviously we have Laura Palmer's theme yeah which is the the one with the, the piano yeah and they actually played like a a distorted backwards version of it for her cousin much like the distorted backwards speech yeah yes the it was that which I thought was interesting mm. it was kind of it was I'm trying to describe it was almost it was filtered so it was kind of like a an almost underwater sounding mm. like it was a like a, it was a reflection of of the piece like an echo that's the sort of way I'm trying to describe the piece here. Nice, nice thematic link there, I think. Yeah. Uh, of course, the other big plot point I think is really worth pointing out. Uh, beyond the fact that they uh, they find a, a, a what appears to be a poker chip in say Laura's stomach, and yes. it says they can see the J, which again back to I meeting J in the diary. But now they must be going to one eye Jack's next episode. They must. They be. have to. They, they've got multiple There's pieces too much of evidence. evidence now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but speaking of that though. Donna and Audrey have made a little deal uh, yeah. in the bathroom. Uh, Audrey says that she wants to... She talks about how she wants to try and get a charming stranger to uh, whisk her away to other things. And she wants to do that by helping solve the case. And, of course, Donna wants to solve the case because Laura was a friend. And they decide that they're going to try and get a job at the uh, the, the the boutique counter that uh, both Laura and the other girl who were taken were working at. They're going to try and get into One-Eyed Jacks. And we see the start of this plan kind of happen because Audrey goes to her father and gives him this big heartthrob story about how she wants to take over the business one day and she wants to start at the bottom. You know, maybe I could work at the counter at the perfume place. You know, yeah. start there. Because well, what... the, the whole speech, I knew she was playing him. Like, I didn't for a second believe her. Oh, obviously. But I didn't know what she was actually getting at until she said that. I'm like, oh, right, okay. I like that it was believable, though. It's the sort of place she could request a job. Go, ah, makes sense. Well, even the fact that Laura was already working there, it shows you that's where you know teenagers can go and get a part-time job. It's not, yeah. it's not an extremely weird thing. Yeah. Uh, nor was it that weird when he said, right, go upstairs and start making beds. We're in a hotel, after all. Exactly. Yeah. Also, I, I do love the idea, because obviously him and Catherine were in the, the room next to the one-armed man at the motel. I love the idea that a man who owns a hotel has to go to another motel to have sex with his mistress. Obviously, I, I just I think that's a, a, there's a nice a irony in that he can't just use one of his own rooms. No, because uh, I mean he'd get a good discount or it'd be free. I mean you'd assume so, wouldn't you? Yeah, and he's, he's the owner. He's like, I'm taking this room. I'm not paying you for it. But then it's on the books. 
But is it? I mean, they still got to sign the keys out. Keys can't just go missing. What if someone comes in and goes, uh, uh, oh, sorry, all the rooms are full. Yeah. Oh, who's but, in that room? Yeah, but maintenance and stuff would have uh, master keys. and. Well, yeah, but they'd have to sign the main keys out so they don't get given away to someone else accidentally. I just take them off and just tell whoever's working at the counter not to do it. I don't think it's that much of a stretch. Oh, I don't know. Clearly, yeah. I don't know how hotels work. I just don't think you've thought about how to uh, corrupt the system. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not, no. <laughs> Hotels are not my forte, I'll be honest. I, I think there's ways you can dance your way around it. And, I mean, I, I get what you're saying, but I, I think you could easily just do a couple of things to... It's easy to just go somewhere else, though, isn't it? Aye, aye. And he's clearly very rich. He, he doesn't really care yeah. about $10,000 at one exactly. point. So he's clearly not not worried about a $100 motel bill or whatever it would cost. Seems expensive for that motel, but sure. For that motel, sure. You know what I mean? I'm just... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just, I picked just a out, That one did not seem like $100. All right, $40 for the night. <laughs> I don't know. It's more reasonable. Um, anything else? Have I, have I glossed over it in any other uh, series? The, the red sports car. The red sports car? Yeah, Leo has a red sports car. Which we got mentioned earlier in the episode, didn't we? Uh, they got told that the guy had the, the red Camaro. Who had the red Camaro? It, they didn't say. He said he was. Um, I can't. He was following the car that night. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and it was. I'm pretty sure it was that car. Ah, uh, Jacoby, Jacoby. Yes, Jacoby. Yeah, it was <laughs> Jacoby. Jacob, yeah, he was following the the red Camaro. Yes, yes, you're right, you're right. We did hear about that at the start of the episode. Yeah, which good I'm catch, assuming is is that one. I'd forgotten about that scene. I'm not gonna lie. Honestly, I forgot until I saw the car, yeah. which is why I was struggling to remember the full context. It was like someone mentioned that and they were following it. Uh, it was, it was Jacoby. The, yeah. There you go, yeah. We uh, got there together. Yeah, because it was uh, right at the start of the episode and so much other interesting stuff happened. You know, one-armed man. Yeah. No, exactly. Uh, Palmers so, have got superpowers and can see things like Cooper, uh, Hanks. That, like, so much happened after was a lot. that. I feel like, especially after the last episode, which I feel like was slow in comparison it wasn't a bad episode but yeah it was just little bits whereas this was like nope here's another big massive info dump of everything in one go yeah because we spoke last week it was kind of hard. last week was much shorter we only went for about maybe 10 to 15 minutes something in that range and it was because there just wasn't as much stuff to talk about whereas this week again it feels like oh crap there's all this stuff there's it's throwing wrenches into some of our speculation uh, and stuff. Uh, by the way, if you've got the uh, one-armed man and the long-haired guy's names mixed up, I apologise. Someone did leave a comment on the episode 3 video uh, I think correcting us, but I wasn't sure it, Like, I wasn't sure which way if we had it wrong, or... I need to go back and check. But Basically, there's a one-armed man and there's a long-haired man. One's Mike, one's Bob, and if we've got it the wrong that's, way around... That's good enough. I apologise, but yeah. uh, we're, we're on the right track otherwise, I think. We, we may have said the wrong names, but the information we're relaying, other than that, is probably correct. Yeah. So, no, I'm curious. I want to see inside One-Eyed Jacks. Well, obviously, we've seen inside One-Eyed Jacks with the Ben and Jerry. But you want to see it properly from an properly. outsider's perspective. Yeah, I want I want the girls to get in there. I want the cops to get in there, you know, Cooper and that, yeah. and get dig into this. I, I like that their plot's also becoming investigating the crime. So we're going to see yeah. it from two different fronts, and they may get different information, and then we can piece it together. And then the grand scheme of things, which, by the way, I love that uh, Jacoby scene at the start. Uh, the map that was up was a. Uh, what was the place Cooper said he always saw in the dream? Tibet. Tibet. It was a map of Tibet. Yeah, and he uh, talks about it. Yeah, yeah. But there was another one during that scene. Jacoby says, uh, uh, it's talking about he never got to penetrate. 
Oh yeah, that was like and such I was like, a... Oh, does that mean he never did sleep with her? Yeah, because he Cooper even flat out says uh, she slept with three men that night. Did was yeah. one of them, and he's like, "Oh no, 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 that wasn't me." And he talks about how oh, Laura had so many secrets, so she built a fortress around them to keep them tight. And I was never able to penetrate that fortress because he says that before Cooper asks him. Was it was it before that? That's yeah. before, yeah, because that's why I was thinking it. And what was funny about that is I didn't take it. I didn't take it quite that way. You may be right. I can see why that would mean that. To me, it was more like a. He was using a, an overtly sexual term when he didn't need to, and it was. Well, yeah, yeah, I, I agree. But that's what yeah. when he said he never got to was like, huh? So, for all this trying, it never actually panned out. Like for for everything we've seen of the opposite of him mm. being suggestive in that manner. Maybe, maybe, maybe it was maybe he was obsessed and he wanted to, but he never. It was unrequited. Yeah. 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 Which then opens up the the third slot once again. I'm not even sure we've filled the first two slots, really. <laughs> We're not, but we we can maybe rule him out. Yeah. Oh, aye, so much to go on. Only five episodes in. Uh, <laughs> aye, plenty more to go. Ho- hopefully that was uh, another fun discussion. Uh, we'll be back next week with episode six. Remember, once we hit season two, we're going to go two a week because we need to finish before the new season starts in May. So, And we've done the math. So yeah, we, we, it works out. So the final week, we'll have two episodes and the movie. Yes, and then, and then we'll have a week, a week, a full week then until the new episode. That's the plan, unless we've miscalculated. But if we have miscalculated, it'll be off by maybe a week, and we'll just have to squeeze in something or whatever. But we'll, we'll fit it in. We'll fit it in. Uh, that's what she said. Um, so <laughs> that's episode five of Twin Peaks: The War on Man. Uh, let us know what you thought of this episode in the comments below again no spoilers please but uh, thank you very much for watching like and subscribe and all that stuff it helps us out a lot and uh, hopefully some of our insane ramblings and observations have uh... and I have no doubt we missed stuff I have no doubt there's the small things that on a repeat viewing perhaps yeah there's only so much we can pick up without knowing what we're looking for yeah yeah so I'm I'm deeply deeply interested so yeah all those different pieces in place we know Leo's up to he's going to burn down the mill for Benjamin we know that both Audrey and Donna are investigating mm. we know what, where Cooper and that are with the shirt and all that we've got all these pieces all moving forward what we don't know is what Hank and Jocelyn have got to do with each other but we know there's a thing well there. I'm sure we'll get there so that's where we are thanks for watching guys stay weird we'll see you next time